Welcome to Hawk Talk, where we take your questions and topics and we discuss them. My name's Noel Shefflin. I'm Angela DeMonico. I'm Melissa Moon. So the way this works is we have a helmet. It's a different helmet every episode. We pull a topic from there and then we discuss that topic. It's three topics divided into three episodes, uh, Tuesday through Thursday being released. Friday is the final full episode. Tuesday, the audio goes completely on SoundCloud and iTunes like it normally does. So we Gucci. Shall we begin? Let's yes. do it. Who would like to draw first? You first, since, oh. you, since you got it. All right. Well, there Master we go. Chief. Yeah, we have the Master Chief helmet today, as Hell you can yeah. see. Very cool. Very, very vintage. Rest in peace. Actually, <laughs> did he die? I don't know. I don't know. I never played Halo. Right. I know. Oh, go team. Right? It's, it's a dope game. You should we're, play it. We're a rare breed. We're a rare breed. Us who have never played Halo. All right. So, first question is, if you could time travel once for one week, would you go into the past or the future? That comes from edu underscore satin on Twitter. Damn. That's a really mm. cool question. Damn. Wow. I love the concept of time travel. Yeah. yeah let's move this oh, yes, young yes. helmet so they can see oh, yes, yes. Angie. Um, <laughs> let's let you guys go first. Yeah. Okay. Do you well, want to go into the future or the past, ladies? Dang. I would go into the future. Yeah? Because I want to see all the good future tech, then bring okay. it back with me and pretend I invented it. And then (laughs) that's what's up. Make profit. Yes. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Yes. I love that. How far into the future would you want to go? I don't think you have to go too far. Because then if you go too far, you won't understand the technology. Mm -hmm. So you just have to go, you know, maybe 100, 200 years. Nothing crazy. 100, 200 years. Nothing crazy. Just a couple centuries. Yeah. Yeah, Nothing crazy. I think that's in the span of time. I mean, that's still... Yeah, less no. than our country. Uh, I, I think you'd old. also want to take into consideration like the evolution of culture as well. And like, mm-hmm. if sure. like you took us in 20, what is 2018? Forgot what year it is. 2018 <laughs> now. And like fast forwarded a hundred years, like imagine how, with how much, how progressive we're already becoming. Like, imagine how different humanity is going to be by that point. So you might go into that world and be like, I don't know how to maneuver these social situations. Mm-hmm. What is happening right yeah. now? <laughs> True. This is crazy. Damn. <laughs> I just realized, I don't know what that says about me, that that's my initial like, yeah, let's get future tech and bring it back. Like, what, very like, what, tech oriented. What, what would that say about you? What do you mean? Well, I meant like for profit. It's not for profit. It's, it's just I want profit. the things to It's for exist. the better of the earth. Yeah, Betterment of humanity, even, right? depending mm-hmm. on what it is. Like all, I bet you there's all kinds of cool like medical advancements yeah. and mm-hmm. things that could probably, if you took back now, could save lives. Yeah, exactly. So, there's lots of benefits. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. I get that. Mm-hmm. Man, it's it's tough. I feel like, so if it was just like me going back in time, I don't know if I would say there's any particular, like, I think everyone thinks it would be fun to go back to the 80s because the 80s were fun. The pop culture was there. The music was great. Movies mm-hmm. were great. Everything was, fashion was awesome. But at the same time, there were a lot of social things. A lot of major social things going down. a lot of racism, a lot of, like, a lot of bad stuff. So I I would have to refrain from saying that even though my initial gut instinct is to say the 80s. I think the future would be cool. Like, to go into, like, maybe, like, 40 or 50 years into the future to where, like, it's, the, the world has definitely progressed enough for me to still, I would hope, be able to fit in in some way. Okay. Um, and be able to, I don't know, I would just be really curious to see. I think, I think it's the anthropologist in me and like wanting to know like how society and humans would evolve as a, as a species at at that point. And, uh, yeah. Do you think the anthropologist in you would want to go back in time to try to change things? Ooh. Yeah. I could see that as well. Like, I feel like, 
it would be interesting because I think if anything, I just want to go back and be like, guys, here's soap. Start using soap. It'll help so many people. <laughs> and then just kind of like, and then just dip out. Like, just bounce. Yeah, like a portal opens up. I'm like, here's some soap. Use it. And they're like, what is this? <laughs> Don't eat it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, just all these people start living and the world is like a way more clean, positive place. Like society's booming. Like, Damn. Fair enough. <laughs> so that'd be cool. But I would say ultimately future for sure. I think we're all, we all want to go to the future. Yeah. I'm definitely someone that, I, a part of me wanted to go into the past to change something so that our timeline would be completely different. We would be living in a different universe, like a different alternate timeline. Mm-hmm. But that's a lot. And I don't know what I would want to change. There's a lot that I would want to change. So therefore yeah. everything would like, it's too much. So I'm not going to go down that road. Uh, I want to go into the future, but I don't know how much I am being a realist. I don't know how much longer humanity is going to survive. So I don't know how far into the future I would want to go. Good but point. I would want to go into the future to the point where we have traveled to another planet. That's at least where I would want to go. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's not that far off nowadays. No. It isn't. No, not at all. Not I at think all. The, the 40, 50 year mark would be pretty realistic Something for that. Something like that. Yeah. And I would, yeah, I, would, I just want to go to Mars, man. Yeah. I just want it to take me 30 seconds to get to Mars. Oh man, that'd be so cool. <laughs> or even imagine like Mars, it, like if we could get to Mars in that time, imagine how quickly we could get from like Las Vegas to like New York. Right. Like in the blink of an eye, just jump on like a crazy that, that fast bullet train. bullet train and just, you're just like no, in New it's, York. Um, it's actually- well, the hyperloop for the trains, but for, I think this is like an Elon Musk's plan is if the, what do you call it? It's like a sling or something. So basically a the relay. jet, yeah, the jet slings above the atmosphere and then slings back down to the location, like your plane. Oh, so you could yeah, technically yeah. get anywhere in like 40-ish minutes on the planet, which is amazing. Actually, That's what so I'm going cool. for. Cause then I can live wherever I want. Yes. I want to get, so cool. get to the point where we don't. Because traveling faster than light, fa- faster than the speed of light is dope. Like that would be a cool thing. But if you still wanted to travel somewhere light years away, it would still take you a very long time to get mm-hmm. there. So I want to get to the future where we have harnessed teleportation. Oh man! Or if like mass relays from Mass Effect are a thing, and you can kind of like mm. you were saying, like just slingshot between like galaxies. That even would be, that'd be cool. Yeah, it's nuttier than that'd be cool. Poop. Though that that's when the whole thing I think of like taking a person from 2018 and throwing us into that world, we might be like, oh my God, like it might be a little too jarring oh my to, to possibly process. Yeah. But I think that would be something that would be, if everything works out perfectly, could be really cool. Jerm, let's throw it to Jeremy. Where would you want to go? The future or the past? Um, I would like to go to the future just because I love the future and I love sci-fi and stuff like that. So it would be cool to see, to go there, see the new tech and science and all the innovations that we've come up with and then bring it back mm-hmm. to present day and that would be cool or at least bring back the knowledge. Right. Knowledge. 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 Or go back to the past, uh, bring with me several of the best science textbooks, math textbooks, um, history textbooks yeah. even. Uh, yeah. And an example of a modern computer and a laptop and deposit it, you know, bring it back to whatever point in the past. I'd say uh, at least a point in history where people can kind of already understand what modern science is like. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, Like at least past the point where they've already discovered or invented a telescope and a microscope. Gotcha. gotcha. Like, after that point. Because I think that's when science really took off. Mm -hmm. The inventions... The inventions of those two uh, tools really helped humans peer into like a whole other world. Oh, so yeah. if I, 
so after that point already, also most likely after the point where humans are you know generally accepted of you know a heliocentric model, that would be nice too. Okay. <laughs> uh, but like take that technology and just give it to them and see what you know how the timeline changes from there, right? And how our future or our present day would be different Dang. then. Wow. That'd be cool. Because then, crazy. you know, in our present day, we'd be hopefully way more advanced. Hopefully. And hopefully. And yeah. then in our future, by the time we get older, it would be light years ahead of where we would we be now. Yeah. 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 Hmm. I've been watching his, uh, a lot of history stuff lately and I was watching stuff about the Persian Empire about like 2000 BC or something like that or 1400 BC. And that's a big gap. It, yeah, it, time is relative. It's, it, it's rel- it was. It, it was. A, I was. It was a series. So, yeah. um, but it's interesting to see how many knowledge bases like that get lost. Oh yeah, purposefully yep. destroyed. Mm-hmm. Like they had beautiful libraries. Libraries burned down. Content burned down because of the they, dark ages. Yeah. Definitely set humanity back several centuries. So oh yeah, far. it's ter- it's like. Can you imagine where we'd be now? If that didn't happen, would you want to go back and just like prevent the dark ages from happening? Hopefully, but I don't think it was like any one specific event that right. caused it. It was just a bunch of things stacked on top just of each other. Yeah. Word. Also, the Crusades. What? Oh what? God! Yeah, Damn. I don't. Very unfortunate events. Honestly, yeah. it, they. It's just unfortunate that certain things can hinder such progressive and revolutionary steps in humanity's evolution. But yeah. you know. What are you going to do? We're human. What are you going to do? <laughs> All right. Shall we move to the next topic? Next question. You want to draw an old? Yes, ma'am. There you go. Actually, here. Let's get you, you go. You Ooh. pick the next one. Do you think there is value in a remake of the film from James on Discord? It's interesting. Let's get your guys' yeah. perspective first. Mm. Do you think there's value in remaking a film? I, I feel like I am in the middle. Okay. Where I think some films are definitely worth, you know, reimagining and giving it kind of a modern twist or changing it however a director sees fit. But in that same vein, I think that there are some movies that may not be perfect, but I think that the way that they were made, it's like it's just kind of meant to be that way, if that makes sense. Like I'm trying to think of a good example. So, like So you say in some cases yes, in some cases no, yeah. basically. Oh, uh, what value would a remake bring? What value would it bring? I mean, it definitely could be, like, let's say if the the story in a movie is really, really good, but the way it was executed might not have been the best. Like, mm-hmm. I think a, a really good example of this is probably Blade Runner. Yeah. Um, where, like, I think that the setting of the movie is amazing. Everything, like, if you saw Blade Runner in, like, bullet points, basically, like, what is this movie about? Like, you'd be like, oh, my God, this is amazing. But then you watch, the, like, I think it was the like, theatrical version that mm-hmm. I think is, like, the worst one. Yeah. Um, and, like, you watch that and you're like, this is not at all what I thought I was going to see. Like, this right. was, like, actually really boring. But then you watch Blade Runner 2049, which I know some people still have kind of differing opinions on. But, like, just with the, I think, advancements in, like, movie technology and, like, I don't know, everything that's kind of evolved with that craft over time. Like, mm-hmm. I think that type of movie works a lot better in modern day than it did back then, especially given the vision that it had. Okay. Did you, okay, let me ask this. Uh, you saw the original, did you see the re, uh, the re live action of beauty and the beast? I did. Mm-hmm. So what value did the live action remake bring that the animated may not have had or like, yeah, just what value did that one bring? I mean that one, I I'm a little bit biased. Cause like that movie, I, I felt like, 
I didn't really enjoy very much only because like I felt like Beauty and the Beast did its job. Like I felt like it took the story of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, it left out some like, you know, more like depth behind the characters. And, and like in the movie, the live action one, they they delve into that a lot more. And I get that. But like mm-hmm. I didn't really need that in the original Beauty and the Beast. So it didn't feel like I didn't leave that movie, the animated version, thinking like, man, I really wish I knew more about Beast or man, I really know I wish I wish I knew more about Belle. Like right. it was fine. Okay. So, you know, I know. I fell asleep watching live action Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> it was a beautiful movie, oh, it's though. Gorgeous. Like the set design was go- gorgeous. Like Disney definitely like they did their thing, but no. I don't know if it was really necessary. And if we can want to go off of that example, so we they redid Beauty and the Beast, right? Mm-hmm. They did a live action Cinderella, mm-hmm. which was Jungle Book, beautiful. I haven't seen either of those. Yeah, the CG in the Jungle Book looked amazing, but I haven't seen Jungle it. Book was also beautiful. Yeah, like the, the the remakes that they're making of those Disney movies are are gorgeous and I don't think they're bad movies either I think they they tell the story yeah just an, oh that was my phone I'm sorry <laughs> um they they retell the story to just to a new audience it's right. re, they're just refreshing the brand mm-hmm. I get it it's yeah. pretty it's beautiful and it's classic and they're remaking Mulan to which sounds like it's going to be super dope. Yeah, that so. I'm, I, I'm happy about. The casting for that, too, has me very excited. because I, I forget her name, but the girl they cast for it is absolutely gorgeous. And from what I hear, she's an amazing, amazing actress. She's so badass. Yeah, I'm very, very... That that one, I actually would say, is like the exception where I'm like, all right, Disney, you got me on this one. I'm, I'm interested. So the value that a remake could bring is basically just either refreshing the brand, which... Could be good or bad. Like, it could either lean more annoying, like, I don't need to see this again, or it could be like, oh, yay. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think it really just comes down to, like, Disney, especially with those, it's just nostalgic. Like, no yeah. one was around. Not no one was around. No one, our, no one our age was around when Cinderella came out, like, the yeah. original animated one, you know? And even nowadays, kids, they didn't see the original Beauty and the Beast, like, when we did when we were kids. Right. Like, I remember seeing that in theaters, and I remember seeing it on, like, Broadway, and I was like, Beauty and the Beast is amazing, but yeah. I didn't feel the urge to go see Beauty and the Beast live action, but I would definitely take, if I had a niece or, a, you know, a younger, or, you know, younger kids, I would take them to see it, because yeah. why not? For sure. You know? It's, it's re-experiencing something that you love. But then you have, would you constitute, so I just watched Jumanji, the new one, recently. That wouldn't be considered a remake, because it's a completely different plot. Mm. Is it considered a sequel? You tell me. Or is that does it take place after the events of the first one? It does. So technically, yeah, it would be a sequel. Was, it's just like twenty forty nine. Yeah. A sequel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that would be a sequel, not a remake. Right. Yeah. Did you see the original True Grit with John Wayne? No, I, I did not see no. the original, but I saw True I Grit. You did. So yes. okay, Jeremy, what value does the remake of True Grit with the dude Jeff Bridges? Mm-hmm. What is that? <laughs> the what, dude. What does that bring? <laughs> what value does that bring? Uh, in regards uh, to the original with the Duke. I the Duke and the Dude. The Duke and the Dude. <laughs> um, I think the remake for True Grit is just a reimagining of uh, with today's visuals. And I think all the stuff that you guys discussed are just pluses of doing a remake. Right. And the value of a remake or a reboot is... Well, a reboot is more for refreshing the brand keeping awareness of it and for a new generation and i totally get it it's a business it's it's an industry it needs to be that way yeah but remaking something that doesn't really need to be remade but you know people want to do it anyway i think it's just um a chance for today's filmmakers to flex their muscles and see how they can reimagine whatever it is that was done before with today's technology totally because that movie that original movie could have meant something to them 
and they could retell that yeah, story because society the changes to. people change and uh filmmaking is constantly evolving right uh we're getting new tools every day new ways of storytelling mm-hmm. and nothing will ever beat a good story but the way that you present that story will always be evolving and sure. so remaking a movie remaking a series or whatever is just another way of today's filmmakers basically trying out new tools and seeing how it can help them achieve their vision uh, or make a movie that's closer to their vision right now right. than uh, they can relate to, you know, watching the original or, totally. you know, yeah. previous versions. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think remakes have the potential to bring a lot of value to a film because... Mm-hmm. The Departed is technically a remake. Oh, I it is a that. Japanese film, I'm pretty sure. Oh. I think it's Japanese. Uh, Korean. Korean, I'm, I apologize. It's a Korean film. And Scorsese took it and adapted it and to a whole new audience. And wow. like a lot of people don't even know that's a remake. So mm-hmm. I think there's value. Yeah. Bringing uh, new audiences in, bringing new experiences, and just like maybe sometimes it's a different perspective right. from yeah. other characters, fleshing out the universe a bit more. But then yeah. there are remakes like Psycho. Gus Van Sant Psycho, where it's literally shot a for shot remake. Shot for shot remake, which yeah. is in itself is impressive. Like it's that quite in impressive, is impressive in the but like, filmmaking aspect, right? But you're not doing anything new. You're not really. You're just literally taking this and just yeah, putting it in and color. there's not really any of your own flavor in it exactly either. So it honestly, that seemed more like an exercise in how to match shots. <laughs> now, see, which okay. quite impressive. So see now, I, one of the reasons why I think just in my own mind, why I think I get mostly not super jazz whenever I hear about a remake is because I really want to see more original content in the world. Yeah. And I need exactly. to, I need to be honest. Like, even though like I, I agree with everything you guys are saying, I, instead of seeing Beauty and the Beast and Cinderella and Jumanji all over again, Jumanji I would say is different because they did take it and do something differently. But like, I want to see more original movies. I want to see I, a new Disney Yeah, princess. like I, I know Beauty and the yes. Beast. I know Cinderella. I know The Departed. Like I know all these stories. I don't need to see that again right like i would much rather see that what that filmmaker could have done on their own out of their own completely original idea especially if they were talented enough to make to take someone else's ip and make it so cool like why not just do your own thing you know so another uh i guess concept is like going from animation to live action that's a different story for me at least is yeah because, I would agree uh, mm-hmm. like for example Beauty and the Beast and Mulan and stuff like that Lion like, King upcoming yeah Lion yeah. King uh, Jungle Book like these are animated films and animated films have a different type of storytelling to them totally they still tell good stories they can tell good stories but animation is a different tool uh, in filmmaking and if you have such an attachment to the storytelling in the original animation. You sometimes people just want to see a live action version, so it's more grounded. Yeah. So they can relate to it a little better. Some people don't because they like the fantastical, you know, cartoon aspect of animation. Yeah. We were actually just talking about the concept of making the Iron Giant into a live action. Yes. <gasps> I want to do okay, a live action cool. Iron Giant oh so my bad. God. I, I would say yeah. There's definitely like it. Like remakes obviously have their place in the mm-hmm. industry, and like, I totally get that like there are definitely movies that I think especially when they are animated like mm-hmm. maybe it's just because I'm thinking like when we think of like the Disney stories the very like traditional like romance and this and that but mm-hmm. it's like the Iron Giant was like a mech yeah. thing like yeah. that that would be freaking cool to see in live action like yeah. I, I think it's like I want to see something yeah. just something that hasn't 
doesn't already exist or hasn't already been done. Like, right. I, you. I don't know. You want something fresh. Yeah, something really fresh. Yes. And Iron Giant is a good example. Or like, I would even say like most anime that get turned into live action, mm-hmm. not because they're taking something animated and like giving it a live action twist, but like usually it's because the the source material is just such a unique concept in and mm-hmm. of itself. They're like, of course I'd want to see that in live action. Like that's super cool. No one else has seen anything yeah. like that yeah. live action. Yeah, like if they did but live action. But why do you want to see it in live action? Because you want to see what it looks like in real life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. True. So yeah. same thing for Iron Giant, same thing for I guess people who wanted to see Beauty and the Beast and yeah. and Jungle Book, which yeah. Jungle Book is like a technical achievement in itself. Gorgeous. Yeah, the animals look like I saw a little bit of that movie. Yeah, just a few minutes, and like the animals. The look making real. of that movie. The making of that yeah. movie is insane. I could not even tell if the animals were CG or not. I was like, "How is this CG? <laughs> I don't understand." Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Which sometimes uh, filmmakers in Hollywood will make a movie just purely based off of how uh, trying to figure out new technology to be used in other movies in the future. Yeah. Like yeah. Avatar. Grand, like the making of Avatar, the first one, affected the way visual effects are done from then on. Yeah. Like yeah. that technology. As that movie was being made, it was As it things. was being made. And with Avatar 2, and yep. 3 and 4, and 9. And 9. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of ties back into the remake thing. We can talk about the other Avatar, which was a terrible remake. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. saw that, but I heard it was. The awful. movie that does not exist. You know, yeah. honestly. If Avatar The Last Airbender series wasn't a thing and that Avatar Last Airbender movie or uh, yeah, movie was, you know, the first of its kind. It might have been like. It's just it was. I guess it would have been cool. Big shoes to fill. Really did. Yeah. But like that shows how much the original source material affects the reception of the. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The live action remake. It's also why you got to stay true to your source material. Stay true to your heart. You know, so we (laughs) talked about this a lot, uh, just internally, like all the time, and discussing, like, what makes a good um, adaptation for live action or just for filmmaking in general. And we talked about this a lot with Nightwing the series. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, we changed a lot of lore and stuff like that and you know put our own twist on it but we didn't really change we didn't change the the characters the core of the characters what they stood for you know what they were doing i think that's why like a lot of the dcu is um polarizing is because they changed the core of the characters polarizing very kind word to use polarizing you you took the characters and just put them in your own story yeah you if you take the characters and put them into your own story Mm -hmm. that's great and usually people are receptive to that, especially hardcore fans. But if you just... You can't fundamentally change the character. Yeah, you exactly. took the characters and just, like, you didn't take the characters. You just create your own yeah. characters and put the names on them. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Or just a skin. If, yeah, or at least if you're going to do that, like, work your way up to it. Make that part of your story, even. Right. Like, mm-hmm. actually yeah. show, why, okay, we changed this character, but here's how we did it, and here's why. Like, this is yeah, the first and movie. here's why, and it makes sense. Yeah. Or whatever, you know? Like, that I could totally get with. I get on board. So, Next topic! <laughs> all right here speaking of danny he asked a question to us oh. for us has a question for us is there a song that takes you back to a moment in your life or period in time every time you hear it that's a good question danny mm-hmm. that's a uh, at danny lachep <laughs> on twitter if you who is that i don't know <laughs> you might know him if you don't know him i don't know who then that that's, is that's actually really surprising <laughs> um so, song that brings you back. All right, let me let me re- reread this verbatim. Verbatim. Is there a song that takes you back to a moment in your life or period in time every time you hear it? There's a lot for me. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm a very like like music is one of those things that like instantly can take me back to a feeling or a place or a moment. M- music is such a unique art form. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I guess one that recently cropped up again that um, took me back is Gnarls Barkley's St. Elsewhere album. Oh, that so whole good. album is amazing. Yeah, so good. Good. And I used to listen to it and I was like, I must have been... I was like a senior in high school, so I was like seventeen-ish. Yeah, right. No, this is a oh god. Dang, I didn't know you like Gnarls Barkley. That's that's I cool. Love Gnarls yeah. Barkley, love that, that cool. whole album. And I used to play a lot of MMOs. I had a problem that was like twelve hours of my day, but I used to listen to that one in specifically quite a lot. So every time I think, like, think I hear that album, I'm like, I'm taken back into. I was playing more specifically. I was playing City of Heroes slash City of Villains a lot while I was listening to that, and somehow it just meshed with this city superhero grimy vibe and that's i just awesome. it just really takes me into s- superhero land which Aww. is really weird that's so, cute. so like I, you, I would role i like role playing so i'd role play <laughs> my characters and i don't know that's that's the first thing that really popped up to mind that's awesome that's super cool nice. that's super cool I feel like the first one that came to mind for me was um, there was like this Duran Duran greatest hits album that my mom would always play every time when I was growing up. Like we would go to Disneyland like at least once a year and like just drive to California, go to the beach, go to Disneyland. And she would always play this Duran Duran greatest hits soundtrack. So every time I hear like... uh, what is hungry it like? like is, a wolf. Yeah, hunger like the wolf. Is there something I should know? View to a kill. Like all those songs, I'm just immediately like I'm like eight years old again, sitting in my in the back of my mom's Land Cruiser, Aww. excited to go to Disneyland. Aww. Like That's so cute. yeah, I'm thinking about the beach and stuff like that. So, <laughs> Jeremy, you're heartless, but do you have any? Uh, <laughs> I mean, do you have any? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So there are two songs that come into my uh, pop into my my dome. Uh, one of the songs is. Uh, Ah, uh, what's the name? Uh, Can't Take My Eyes Off of You by Frankie Valli. Um, oh. That song makes me think of when I was a kid um, in New Jersey. I was going to school, and I specifically remember hearing this song on the way to the first time that I ever went to a planetarium. Ooh. And, like, and f- that song, one, always reminds me of, like, I'm about to go to a planetarium, <laughs> even though it has nothing to do with space. Like, this, you listen to the song, you don't yeah. know why I think of that. Um, <laughs> And it also just makes me think of my parents because they were driving me. Um, so that song always brings me back to like being a kid. And it, not just Frankie Valli's version, but any cover of that song makes me think that. Um, and then there's this song called Alibi by 30 Seconds to Mars. And that song, the first time I, this is going to be a sad story. So I'm, I apologize, warning you. Uh, the first time I heard the song, it was around the time that my one of my dogs passed away my grandma passed away and I was going through a breakup. So that's heavy. Uh, but this song is literally about falling apart and getting back up again. And that song really helped me through that, through that tough time. So yeah, that's awesome, dude. I'm glad that I was able to have like a positive effect on you. Definitely. All the that. first time I heard it, I was driving and I had to pull over to cry, but then mm-hmm. I, I went back up. <laughs> Symbolism. Symbolism guys. <laughs> Jeremy. Cool. How about you, dude? Any uh, music or, or songs that so bring you back? Two albums specifically, and they were, they were both my dad's. Uh, one of them was called Yesteryears 3, and it was just a bunch of like classic songs, um, specifically like Elvis Presley, Cliff Richard, Vanessa Williams, ABBA, Paul Anka, nice, Lobo. Is this like a like a, a bootleg, or is this like a legit? I think it's a bootleg. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, nice got to want like at an Asian supermarket or whatever, but like okay. it has always stuck with me 
uh, since my because my dad always played it in his car, and it was a Honda Odyssey. I remember that. I can still smell the letter, the leather seats. And every Damn. time I hear songs from that album, uh, that mixtape or whatever, I it always reminds me of me just lying in the back, like third row seat, and just staring out the window as the trees just pass by. Nice. Uh, the second one is this. Um, Spanish guitar album, which I don't even remember exactly what it was called or who was on it, but there were songs. Uh, so my dad plays Spanish guitar, or he played Spanish guitar, and I kind of learned some from him. And I listen to a lot of world music, just a lot of different international type music, specifically Spanish and French music. Mm-hmm. And and I remember uh, Enrico Macias. I don't know if anyone out there actually listens to that stuff, but that would be cool if someone did. Uh, Enrico Macias, uh, Dalida, and I can't remember the other names, but every time I hear those songs, I instantly, like, I know the words word for word, and I don't even speak that language. I don't speak French, barely speak French. I can understand it a bit, but, like, it's just weird how that imprinted in my head. That's crazy. So, yeah. Which, uh, what Elvis song was on there, or songs? Crying in the Chapel. Oh, nice. That's a yeah. good song, dude. That is a very good song. Now that you bring up mixes, my childhood comprised of, like, my mom listening to, like, Jock Jam albums. Mm-hmm. And, like, like all of those mixes and, yeah. like, all of those Aww. fun, like, you know, energy songs. And then, like... Now that's what you call music. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> like, no I loved it because it was cute because my mom would put it on, you know, like the big stereo system and the big speakers in the corner yeah. and the mm-hmm. the big wall unit. But the whole wall unit was all of the electronics for the sound because they needed like a gazillion pieces to nice. make sound work. Yeah. And like, you know, the the cassette tape player and stuff Aww. and just like her putting the cassettes in, or the CDs in and then like... Listening to, she really liked Vanilla Ice for sorry. a good chunk. No, it was fun. No. I mean, come on, you could. I, I know a lot of. Apparently, I know a lot more words to those songs than. To be honest, I didn't know he had a lot of songs. Yeah, <laughs> like right? a whole darn album. Yeah, Aww. so oh. she listened to that a lot. I just realized I have the playlist on my phone Aww. on my That's iTunes, awesome. and it's just uh, Salvatore Adamo. I love Salvatore Adamo. <sighs> Out there, I know. Probably no one in the U.S. listens to him, but huh. he was huge in France and like in Europe nice. at the time. It was like the '80s and '90s. It's but fancy. yeah, that was cool. Dope. I would have to say, like, I like kind of like because you brought up something a little bit deep. I'll bring up something a little deep as well. Like, it's it's kind of like tragic in a way because it's like a lot of these this type of music was like a music I still really love a lot and like would still listen to a lot if it didn't. Like, there's music that takes you back to really good time. There's music that, like, I think you said, takes you back to some really bad times. And, like, a lot of my, like, favorite bands growing up, like, uh, like AFI, Deftones, um, mm-hmm. like, Marilyn Manson, Nine Inch Nails, Tool, like, bands that I still love in my heart. Like, if I actually hear them come up and certain songs come up specifically, like, uh, I don't know, like, specifically, like, uh, Hurt by Nine Inch Nails, um, like... Something like something I could never have. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, or uh, and all that could have been. Uh, like, just some songs come up, and I'm like, it just takes me back to like my really most like depressed time in my life when I was a teenager, and yeah. like, like oh, that's yeah. when I listen to that music because I was like, that's how I felt, and uh, it's it's such a powerful like that. Those songs are so powerful that I can't even listen to them without getting choked up yeah. because it just I am taken right back to that moment and. Like, it's just crazy how, like, I'm obviously, everything's good now. Like, I'm fine now. I'm, like, past all this. That's why I'm okay with talking about it. But it's just crazy, like, how music can be so powerful and, like, attach itself like that to you. It does does teleport you to a time. Like, I was just thinking, I was like, 
man, there's a lot of songs like that. Yeah. That's like I think a, everyone has yeah, songs yeah. like that where that's, that's like your your sad song, you know? Right. And like mm-hmm. some people, like people that can still listen to those songs when they're happy, I'm like, how do you do that? Like, yeah. I can't. <laughs> like, do you, do oh. you just turn off that side of your brain yeah, or whatever? Like, I mean, the song is great, yeah, but like, oh, I just can't. It's too much. Yeah. <laughs> the feels... It uh, just makes your pressure on your heart once you think about yeah. it. It does. Like, I don't want to go back there, man. Like, uh. <laughs> the song uh, One Step Closer by Linkin Park. So I remember the, anytime I hear that song, I'm immediately transported back to the first time I heard that song. Uh, me and my sister were getting ready for school. Uh, I think I was in middle school. It was like sixth or seventh grade. I was 10 years old, so it was probably sixth grade. I don't know how time works. Um, and I was watching the Wayans Brothers with my sister, and that, that's what we do anytime before school. And then we would watch music videos for like 10 minutes before we actually had to leave for school on MTV Went back when they played music videos. So we we turned on whatever the thingy was called, and this video started. And I don't know if you've guys seen the video for One Step Closer. It's It doesn't start out like normal music videos did, so I was like, what is this? What's happening right now? And like I had never heard a sound like that before, and I didn't know... It was just crazy, dude. Like just seeing Chester with his flames on his arms and like his blonde hair, then Mike with the red hair. And I was like, whoa, who are these guys? These are interesting, weird looking dudes. So anytime I listen to Lincoln Park, immediately transported back. That's awesome. The first time you ever discovered him. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's In dope. a similar vein, like I used to be on YouTube all the time when it first started. And all throughout high school, I used to listen to all these YouTube musicians who just started posting stuff. Like they weren't even this was back when YouTube was just a place where you just uploaded videos, not yeah. like a place where you pursue a career, you yeah. know? And I've been listening to these people like AJ Raphael, David Choi, uh, Kina Granis, people like that who, Andrew Garcia, which by the way, he made it to, um, what was it? America's Got Talent or something? Good for like, you. These Hell people yeah. are doing things now and it's awesome because when we go to VidCon and stuff like that, we're at these parties with these guys and I'm like standing there Staring at them from a distance, and I just turn back around. I don't want to. Like, I don't want to. I can't say anything. I don't. Yeah, I know. Not I'm not worthy. I don't know how to human. <laughs> I, didn't I don't know, know what to do. I didn't know that was a thing you did. It's only like in that particular aspect. Like I can't think of anything else where I'm just like, oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> that Aww. is a whole completely different feel, and I don't know why. What if you just went to the like the mall, and then all of a sudden you see three stacks and Levi's, just like, <laughs> oh God, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway. So yeah, music is a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Music's tight, guys. Yeah. So, thank you all for joining us on this beautiful journey that is Hawk Talk. Uh, thank you for your discussions and your topics and your your questions and all of the things that you give to us. Uh, we love you. Thank you for supporting us. Patreon, uh, check us out on Patreon, please. That'd be awesome. If you don't, that's still awesome. But share our videos because that's cool. Uh, sh- visit us on Teespring to get our products, like our like our dope mugs and our shirts Yee. that none of us are wearing because we suck. <laughs> Until next time. Bye.